0: All right, uh, we are continuing with our study in Proverbs. A Proverbs-driven life uh, is the only life that the believer is expected by God to live because God gives us word, He gives us wisdom, He gives us direction, He gives guidance. And so we have no excuse for when we falter and fail because He's always given us uh, the right advice. You know, sometimes we go to individuals because they've had some degree of success in their lives and we figure that uh, we can go to them, they can give us some advice that will help us along and we totally leave God out of the equation and God sits on the sidelines as if to say, what about me? What happened to me? You know, and uh, he's given us many, many examples of individuals who have benefited uh, from his counsel. And yet still, we find ourselves going contrary to what he wants us to do. And so we want to pick up uh, in verse 6 of chapter 21. Verse 6 of chapter 21. Uh, If someone can read that, please. Getting treasures by a lying tongue is the winning fantasy of those who seek death. Okay, and we we see this happening a lot today. Um, People want to get wealthy, they want to get rich but they don't want to go about it the right way. And so they come up with all kinds of schemes and, and uh, all kinds of entrapments, not only for themselves, but for others. And so anyone who searches for riches by deception and lying, are doing nothing more than chasing the wind. Now, can you catch the wind? I mean, you'll be chasing the wind forever. You'll be like a dog trying to catch his own tail. Ever see a dog trying to catch his tail? continues to go around in circles it'll never happen okay and so he says this kind of person who is wants to get wealthy by by lying and deception uh, it's probably all that they know because they've learned the wrong thing from the wrong person and so what they are pursuing will always evade them they'll never be able to catch it will always evade them and they will die in the process. They will go to their graves trying to to get what they try to accomplish in life. Uh, And so they're no different from the desert traveler chasing a mirage. You know, people go in the desert and they've been there so long, the sun has gotten to them to such an extent, they start to see visions and all kinds of things. It proves to be nothing more than a snare of death for them. And so this is what happens to the person who wants to get wealth, but they want to go through it, they want to get it, Uh, through the back door as it were verse 7 okay what happens to the wicked what happens to the wicked does that give us any kind of comfort or consolation look at what's happening in the news today we look at the newspapers and the news media and we see uh, what is happening to the wicked. It's exactly what the scripture says here. Okay, the violence of the wicked will wipe them out. It will sweep them away. Uh, as you live, so shall you die. Okay, and so we sometimes we get upset and we by, by, by violent people and the things that they do. But if you examine... The news you will find that a lot of the people who are dying, they die tragically, yes, because any loss of life is tragic, but many of them die as a result of the lifestyles they live. And in many cases, the lifestyles they live is a wicked lifestyle. And so that's what the proverb, right? of Proverbs is saying here. The violence of the wicked is what sweeps them away. And they don't think about it. I mean, some of them do. Some of them will confess that, you know, they walk around with a gun in their, their, their waistband And they know that any day they could be the next victim They will admit that And some of them accepted the fact that, you know, this is how I'm going to go You know, some of them even want to go out in a blaze of glory as a boy There was a news uh, story just the other day, this week About uh, a woman who was looking through a kitchen window And she saw a young man, a teenager, trying to get in a storage unit Anybody saw that story? And uh, she called the police. Boy, it's a good thing she was there. I mean, she was doing that. It's a good thing she did what she did. She called the police and what did they find? They find four guns. How would a 17 year old get hand over, a hold of four guns? He had four weapons and he had about three or four bombs that he had built. And his plan was to kill his parents, to kill his, his, his parents and his siblings, and then bomb, the uh, light the house of fire Get the house on fire and distract the the, the first responders while he goes to the school and bomb the school and shoot the students as they try to escape. The bombing, okay, a 17-year-old thought all this up, okay, and they said, huh? Yeah, and they said that he had been planning this for like nine months, and he was a few days, probably a few days away from carrying it out. And uh, when the bomb squad went in there and they saw the bombs, they were they were shocked that a, a teenager could create this type of, you know, weaponry, uh, but, and then they, they said that he, uh, his desire was to be killed by the SWAT team, okay, he wanted the SWAT team to kill him, he wanted to go out in a blaze of glory, as they like to say, and so it goes to say, you know, what the verse is saying here is, uh, the violence of the wicked sweeps them away, and a lot of them know that that's the way they're going to go. They know that. and But we scratch our heads and wonder, well, why do they live that kind of a life? Why do they do it? The Bible says, the violence of the wicked sweeps them away. Because they refuse to do what is just. It's not like they can't do it. The Bible says they refuse to do it. They know what the right is to do, but they refuse to do it. And so they suffer the consequences. And so this proverb assures us That a moral principle at work in the universe guarantees, guarantees that violence, wickedness, and injustice will be punished. That's a moral principle at work in the universe. And you can't get around it, you can't get away from it, you can't get over it, you can't get under it. That's the way it works. Violence is going to die. The violent people are going to die by the violence that they indulge in. Now that should give us uh, believers some kind of assurance because first of all it reminds us that uh, many people many of the people who die violent deaths are violent people. and so those who are not involved in violent behavior doesn't necessarily say they may not die violently, but you are not the targets. we're not the targets of the wicked and uh, will not necessarily succumb to a violent death. Of course there's no guarantee to that because God has a way of working things out in our lives that, you know, uh, we have no control over. uh, We we have no way of knowing how we're going to go. God determines that. Um, Dr. James Dobson wrote a book many years ago uh, that talks about when God doesn't make sense. And he has a a number of uh, real life stories in that book about uh, people who were faithfully serving God, had tremendous aspirations for God, and yet they died in ways that was just unthinkable, that they would go. And so God has a way of working in ways that we don't know. I knew a missionary, uh, Steve Ross, uh, had a tremendous passion for God, and uh, Steve was the kind of person, uh, he was a pilot and uh, he was a missionary pilot and uh, if you met Steve in the aisle of the grocery store and, uh, and you asked him to pray for you he said, okay, let's pray right now and he'd stop right there where you are and you asked that prayer and you'd bow and head and he'd pray for you right there on the spot that's the kind of person he was and uh, a tremendous heart for God but no one expected that Steve would die the way he did you know, he was piloting a plane and he crashed. He was in a plane that was in a collision, mid-air collision with another small plane. And uh, and he died. And no one anticipated that Steve would go that way. But when we look at all of the tremendous things that came out of his death, it was amazing. No one could ever imagine that so much good would have come out of uh, out of the death of, of, of Steve. But that's how God works. So... This verse doesn't guarantee that as believers we would not experience a violent death. Many missionaries do. When they take uh, their lives into their own hands and they go into areas that are uncharted, try uh, try to reach others for Christ. And many times they die. But this verse is talking about people who are involved in violent behavior and violent lifestyles. And it says, they will be swept away by the violence they indulge in because they refuse to do what is right. So let's take that as some kind of a consolation for us today. Verse 8. The guilty walk a crooked path, it's in town, it's Okay, so this verse is not telling us something we don't know, right? This is something we know, right? We know that guilty people walk a crooked path. The fact that they're guilty means that they've done something wrong. And, and the path that they were on is not, not a straight path. And this is the innocent walk a straight path. So when a person is guilty, they have a tendency to, to do what? <coughs> Hide? Cover up? They also have a tendency to be fearful. They're always looking over their shoulders because they don't know when they're going to get caught. And they behave deceitfully. They're always trying to deceive somebody Because you see they're guilty And their conscience is licking them to pieces Their conscience is putting a good beating on them And so they're uneasy They're not comfortable They're edgy They're jumpy you Ever see anybody like that? You know, you could always tell You know, uh, police officers are trained To Know when a person is acting in a manner that is not suspicious. So we call it a suspicious manner. You know, we had these police reports sometimes that the police uh, came across uh, two men in a car who were acting suspiciously. And we said, but how do they know they were acting suspiciously? You know, because the human psyche is made in such a way that whenever you do something wrong, it's gonna show. It's gonna be even if you're not conscious of it. It's gonna show. I believe I told you this story before, but when we were serving as missionaries in Jacksonville, Florida we were um, we were donated a vehicle and um, I was driving the vehicle one day and uh, I was just about to turn the corner where the ministry uh, was located, and a police officer was on the, on the on the light he was coming across and I was on the on the other way to turn and when I turned, he pulled into the parking lot right behind me and um He said that um, a car like this was reported stolen. And uh, we're checking all vehicles like this. Okay. Now I wasn't aware that I had given any indication that there was something wrong. Or that I was guilty of something. And so he asked for the driver's license and registration. Now we had been there for about six months up to that point. And I had not gotten my Florida's driver's license yet. I kept putting it off. Kept putting it off. You know, procrastination, that's not good. Kept putting it off, putting it off, putting it off. And now I was held accountable. And so he pulled it out and says, oh, Bahamas driver's license don't work here. And uh, so he said, uh, I'm going to force you to get your driver's license. And he took my fingerprints right there in the parking lot. And he says, I knew something was wrong because when, he, when you pull up on the light and you saw me, your eyes went like that. <laughs> now, I was not aware of that. But that's what the police called acting suspiciously. Fortunately for me, he was a police officer that I had encountered before because we had a, a problem in the ministry. One day we we had, we had a ministry where we would take young men in, we would feed them, clothe them house them free of charge and we would teach them a trade we would teach them how to do drywall or carpentry or mechanic work or electronic work and, um, and so we said that the, the, the policy we had was you come in you don't have to bring anything but if you fail to go through the program when you leave you don't take anything with you and so this young man came in one day and he decided that he wanted to get belligerent and he wanted to get rough, and he wanted to get angry. And so he jumped up in my face to get violent. And uh, there was another uh, fellow there working at, at the same time. So I, said, I shouted, out, he was in another room. And I said, call the police. And so he got on the phone, he called the police. And I picked up this huge, big crescent wretch. And I said to him, if you feel froggy, you leave. And he wasn't man enough to attack me. But he started to care, and I said, you know what the policy is. You want to leave, you leave, but you don't take anything with you. Just go. And that police officer was the one who responded. He was the one who came. And when he came, and I told him what happened, and he told me where the fellow went, and I pointed in the direction, and said, oh, yeah, there's a drug house right around the corner. That's where he's headed. He said, but you did the right thing. And if it ever happens again, you do exactly what you did this time. So fortunately for me, this second time, I encountered with the police, he knew who I was. And that's why he says, I'm gonna give you a break, but I'm gonna cut you some slack, but I'm gonna force you to get your license. And I tell you, after you finished taking my fingerprints and giving me that ticket, I went inside, I got right on the phone called the the, the people. I said, "Uh, I I need to get a a driver's license. What do I need to do? And, And I can tell you, within a week I had it. But he forced me, but the police says, the police have a way of knowing how a person reacts when they're guilty. The guilty walk a crooked path. They behave in an unseemly way, an unnatural way, how they would not otherwise behave. On the other hand, anyone who has confessed and forsaken their sins has nothing to hide so they can walk in the light without hesitation. And that should be many of us. We can walk in the light without hesitation. We don't have to be looking over our shoulders. We don't have to be worried about who's going to come and this one's going to come. Because we're not guilty. And so we don't need to walk a crooked path. The innocent travel a straight road. And that's comforting. Okay, because we have a lot of concerns in our world. We don't need another burden added on our shoulders to be concerned about. Amen? Okay, verse 9. Oh boy <laughs> Moving right along, <laughs> Moving right along eh? <laughs> It's better to live alone In the corner of an attic You know what it's like to live in an attic in this kind of weather? Miserable Than with a cross and woman In a beautiful, lovely, magnificent home Well some of the houses that were built in those days had flat roofs. And, um, and so this Proverbs puts things kind of into perspective here when it says that it would be much better to be exposed to the heat, to the cold, the rain, the snow and the wind and the hail by living alone in the cramped quarters of one of those roofs than to live in the house of a nagging, with a nagging, complaining wife or woman. In other words, the implication here is the impact of storms outside would be more tolerable than the blizzard inside. That's the point that he's making here. Now we're not going to go any further with that because I believe that we all know what he's talking about, right? Verse 10 Now I hope This verse is not describing Any of us As the neighbors who don't get no mercy Because many of us have some neighbors That we wish we didn't have, right? I mean, uh, we have some neighbors Who we wish You know, why did I have to Live next to this person. You know, wicked people are always plotting some kind of evil. And you know, but I believe you know God sort of orchestrates that because He wants us to exhibit mercy rather than no mercy. Notice what the verse says neighbors get no mercy from wicked people. They desire evil, that's all they desire, that's the kind of life that they live. And so their neighbors get caught in the crossfire, as it were. And so evil people are always planned. They're not, and we, we, we would say, they are always up to no good. That's one of the ways that we would put it. We wouldn't necessarily come right out and say they're evil people and they're always doing evil stuff and wicked stuff. Our, our, our politically correct way of saying it is, oh, they, they're always up to no good. But it means the same thing as what you're saying here. And so as a result, their, their neighbors get no mercy, uh, and um, as a result, this makes their sin not only irrational, But it also makes their sinful behavior toward their neighbors cold-blooded. Now we know what that means. We've seen uh, what people have done to some people, other human beings have done to those created in the image of God. And the only expression that we can come up with is, boy, that was cold-blooded. Well, that's what he's talking about here, about this kind of of a person and how they treat their neighbor. Now what does the Bible tell us about our behavior toward our neighbors? Love them! Right? The Bible says, love your neighbors and it goes even as far as this if you find that they are hungry you feed them if they are thirsty you give them something to drink but people don't treat their neighbors that way if they are hungry they say boy that serves them right they wish to die of hunger <laughs> that's how they respond because they hate the neighbor so much that they wish that that neighbor wasn't around and if they are hungry well that's good let them get hungry for a little while they'll stop they did not get rid of him once and for all Okay, the Bible doesn't have that, that, uh, that position on our neighbors. Whoever your neighbors are, we ought to treat them with kindness. I'm sure so you've heard the story about the neighbor, uh, the, the, the Christian lady who was always praying. And uh, she was like Sister Brenda, always praying and praying and praying and praying. Prayer warrior. And a neighbor was an atheist. And boy, she used to get under his skin. And one time he, he would always listen to her praying and they would mock her by repeating some of the things that she was saying in prayer. And, uh, and he was really a terrible neighbor. And so one time she heard her, heard her praying about how the cupboards were empty and she didn't have any food to eat. And uh, so he thought he'd play a cruel trick on her. he went to the grocery store and he bought some groceries and he put them at the door and he rang the doorbell and he ran back home. And when she came out and she saw the, the groceries, she said, oh, thank you, Lord, for providing for my needs. And he jumped out of the bushes nearby and says, "Aha! God didn't provide that. I did. See, I tell you, your God is no good. He doesn't. He, he doesn't hear you. He doesn't answer you." And she started to praise God even more. And he got perplexed. He was confused. He said, "Thank you, Lord, for providing this for me, even though you made the devil pay for it." <laughs> so God has a way of working. God has a way of working, and we can trust Him, right? <laughs> that means we need to be good to our neighbors, regardless of how, what kind of neighbors they are. We need to be nice to them. We need to show them the love of God, because it's only that love that will probably change them and turn them around. Verse 11. When a is punished, the simple gain wisdom, when a wise man is instructed, he gets knowledge. Okay, so even if a ridiculer may not learn any lesson by being punished, and many of them don't, really. You could punish a person who's uh, wicked, doesn't mean any good to anybody, you could punish them over and over and over and over, and they don't ever learn. They don't ever get the message. They don't ever get the message. It says even though a, a ridiculer or wicked person may not learn from the lessons that the punishments are intended to to provide, a naive person may be warned by what he sees. Okay, they may see what is happening to that wicked person and they may get the message. It might click for them that that person is being treated the way they are treated because of the kind of wicked lifestyle they are involved in. However, he says, a wise person on the other hand doesn't need to be punished because simple instruction is all they need to learn in other words they're wise enough to know that you know I'm not going to go to the extent that they're going to have to punish me to learn something I know when I see what is good and what I need to respond to verse 12 the righteous one takes note of the house of the wicked and brings the wicked okay the righteous one does what the house of the and bring the to do you do? Are you able to recognize the house of the wicked? Sure. Sometimes, right? Because you see who's going in, who's coming out, and probably uh, the kind of music they listen to. You know, and some people have no respect for the the, the concerns of other people. Uh, they have these parties and the music is blasting I mean it don't have to be that loud you know and you you call the police and the police come and make them turn it down and so what he said here is all of the fears of ungodly people are closely watched by God at all times you know sometimes we think wicked people are getting away with some stuff and the police don't know you know I saw I was driving down the street uh, what is it Gibbs Corner was it Gibbs Corner And there was a fellow on a motorcycle and the fellow on the back of the motorcycle had this huge machete in his hand. I said, whoa, I wonder if he realized that's against the law. You know, you can't walk around in public with a cutlass like that. You get locked up and there was no police around. You know, but the the verse reminds us. You know, we see things like that and say, where's the police? Where's the police when you need them? You know, I remember I was in, in, uh, we were driving to, to Chicago from Florida one time. And um, I was, we were taking turns driving and at that point I was driving. And, uh, and the guy, you never listen to boxy drivers, never. You're driving, you're responsible, don't listen to anybody else. And we're driving and we had to stop for fuel. And uh, there, was a, there was a corner where it says, no turn here. And you couldn't turn here. But you know, it was, it, was, it was the closest turn to get to the service station. So the guys in the box, go, turn here, turn here, turn here. So I turned <laughs> and when I cut the car off and I looked in the rearview mirror, there was, a, there was a state trooper behind me and he came up and he said, uh, driver's license please, <laughs> took my driver's license and he went in his car and he was checking it and while I'm sitting there waiting for him, I'm looking at, at, through the railway, the railway mirror and I'm looking through the side mirror and there were a whole bunch of other people that were doing the same thing that I did and I wanted to jump up and go up him and say look 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 he's doing the same thing look look he's doing the same thing that I did you know where's the police when you really need them most of the time you see crimes going on and stuff going on and the police are not there well this verse reminds us that hey you don't worry about the police God knows what's going on what is this verse? all of the fears of the ungodly are closely watched by God God doesn't just glimpse what is going on He has the intimate details Of all that ungodly and wicked people Are doing At all times See the police is not there all the time You know sometimes you may find that they show up When you need them And you jump up and down Yeah hey, hey, he got him. it so He already has you in his grab. Yeah he has he me in his grab. But well, fortunately <laughs> for me yeah, And guess what The guy who told me to cr- turn In the backseat The backseat driver While the guy was checking my driver's license, he is saying, Keep praying, brother. Keep praying. Stop praying. Keep praying. I said, What am I praying for? I broke the law. You know? I said, From this time on, no more listening to boxy drivers. And he was older than me, so he should have known better. Okay. So we are mindful here that God is always watching everything that the wicked do. And it's a consolation for us, because sometimes we wonder if God knows what is going on. It's true to that phrase, "God knows. We use it you know uh, loosely, but it's a phrase that we need to take very seriously. God knows. You know we would say, well, what that person doing? A person was child only God one knows. Well, God really does know. He does know. And that's what this verse is telling us. That God knows what the wicked, ungodly people are doing all the time. He closely watches them at all times. And at the appropriate time, we see that phrase in the Bible a lot. In God's time, in the fullness of time, that means in the right time, in God's timing, in God's right time, He will hit the switch. That will bring disaster on those persons. In other words, there's only so far God will allow them to go. And at some point, He's going to hit the disaster switch. That's going to bring disaster on them. And so we can take consolation in the fact that, you know, God's watching. God knows what's going on. He's got their number, like people say. He's got their number. Or people say, God knows what time it is. He knows exactly what He's doing, and He's got their future determined. And so, when we look at verses 11 and 12, we have a, a uh, sort of an application principle here uh, that both verses teach. The teaching of both verses 11 and 12 is that it is more often than not better to learn from the mistakes of others than from our own mistakes. We have many opportunities to do that, to learn from the mistakes of others. But many times we don't learn. We have to go through the experience ourselves and suffer the way that we see someone else suffering before we really learn and get the message. And so we can do this by watching how people live and listening to their advice. Instead of plunging ahead first and learning the hard way, take advice from others—not necessarily verbal advice, but the advice of what they're going through. We look at that person, see what they're going through, and says, "Boy, you know what? I'm going to order my life in a way that I'm not going to go through that. I'm not going to get caught in that trap. I'm not going to get caught in that dryness or that net." Okay, verse 13. Here is another reminder for us What goes around Comes around That's another way of saying it Even though He's aware of the desperate need Of the beggar at his gate The rich man in Luke chapter 16 Verses 19 to 31 Did not care enough about him to help He knew all about what Lazarus was going through. Lazarus sat at his gate. He saw people coming there and giving Lazarus a little something here and a little something there. But he didn't care enough to help. And he was wealthy. He was in a position to help. And then the tables were turned. The story reveals the afterlife. And he found out that his own cries for relief went unanswered. What goes around comes around. Lazarus was at, was at that gate crying for help all along. But Lazarus's cries went on the deaf ears as far as this wealthy man was concerned. But when they both died, they both died and entered into the afterlife. Remember, his cries, what was cries? You know, Lord, please, because uh, uh, Lazarus just dipped his finger in some water and my parching tongue for I am tormented in these flames. Now how much relief can you get from water on the tip of a finger? How much? Really nothing, right? But for that man, that would have been the taste of paradise. Notice he didn't say, just let him bring me a cup. Of water. He said, just tip his finger in the tip. He said, that's all I would need. And then he talks about his relatives that were left behind. He says, "Please, let us just go and warn my five brothers so that they don't come to this place." But again, his cries for relief went unanswered. And so we need to take note of this verse: those who shut their ears to the cries of the poor will also be ignored in their time of need, because what goes around comes around. And we gotta stop there because our time is gone. But I believe uh, God has given us some choice morsels uh, to munch on today, and I trust that we will take them to heart and look for the opportunities when God will allow us to experience uh, the truth of his word, because his word never returns to him void. Amen?